Welcome to this episode of Wild Wolf Love. I'm Christina Crowley, and today I have with me Eve Molson, and she is the owner of Fun for Pet, a doggy daycare and pet boarding facility. And uh, welcome, Eve. I'm so glad you're with me today. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's uh, we made it past one holiday, and we're gearing up for the next. Getting ready for the rest of them. Yeah. And so, you know, that kind of brings up today what I wanted to talk about is other people's pets. I also saw Christmas Vacation over the weekend, and uh, you have the character with this family who showed up with their big dog unannounced. And I think that, you know, whether you have that happen to you or you say yes to auntie or grandma to go ahead and bring their pet, uh, you know, other people's pets, uh, it's just good to know how to manage that, how to manage those introductions. Even if there's not another pet in the house, you know, um, what can we do to help ourselves? So that's what I really want to talk about today. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and the first thing is hopefully they've asked you if they can bring their pet, like, let's just be real. Yeah. <laughs> they don't just yeah. show up with their St. Bernard and go, Oh, well, you've yeah. had dogs before. I thought it was fine. I always um, bring Fluffy with me. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, I travel with them. Um, so, so yeah, so hopefully they give you a little bit of a heads up. Um, mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter the age of the dog, the size of the dog, whether you, you know, have had animals in your home before, you need to be prepared for cleanup. Let's just start right there. Yeah. Yeah. This dog is in a new environment with new people. It might get an upset belly. It yeah. doesn't know which door to go to, to alert that it needs to go potty. Yeah. Um, so, so have some cleanup, you know, just be prepared, make sure you got an extra roll of paper towels, some plastic bags, uh, some carpet shampoo, uh -huh. um, you know, just be smart about it. Cause your person who's traveling is might be just making some assumptions like, Oh, my dog's great. It's never gone in my house. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's an assumption that we make. And I know for me, you know, there've been times where it's hard to say no. And so I haven't said no. And, uh, but I haven't been aware of what I haven't been aware of bringing a pet into my house. And, and, and so that I, I guess that is the number one thing to, to be aware of and also not overreacting. I think, Correct. you know, the dog is already stressed and, you know, me going, oh, you know, getting upset, get the dog, you know, but cause one, maybe we're not watching for the cues. So maybe we're probably a little bit wrong there too. But, you know, and not making the dog even more upset to cause, you know, or that ripple effect. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I used to live on eight acres, um, had hound dogs, and we hosted Easter and there would be 60 people there. And yeah, people just made the assumption because I'm a dog lady yeah. that they should could bring their pet. And I would say, no, I'm serving food. Yeah. There's children with plates down low. No, we're not doing this. And there's chocolate. It's Easter. Oh, yeah. Lots of chocolate. <laughs> and all those acres and other dogs. Yeah. And we, and it wasn't fenced. Um, so after the first year, I got smart and I would bring crates home. Um, so hopefully, again, the person says, hey, I need, I need to bring Fluffy. I can't find a place to board. I can't find anyone to watch Fluffy, what have you. Um, your response should be, can you please make sure you bring a crate? Because I don't always want Fluffy to be able to free roam. When we're eating, I would prefer that Fluffy be in a crate. You can set boundaries, 
Um, And my biggest one is there's going to be small children with food. Mm -hmm. And I don't want Fluffy to eat something that's going to upset Fluffy's belly. So if you just make sure you've got a crate, you know, we'll make sure that Fluffy has an enjoyable time at my house. Yeah, because it is it is hard to say no. And and it is it's too late this year to get a reservation anywhere or even probably a pet sitter to take care of your dog. So absolutely knowing what it takes to have good manners at somebody's house and knowing the potential problems that you may not be aware of because your dog is good at home. They're solid. Um, You know, maybe you have to travel with them this year. Dealing with the potty issue is probably the first thing to definitely set up before you get deep into the greetings and and deep into conversation and catching up. And we want to have those loved ones at home and a a great visitation. And so that, and then having the children and setting boundaries uh, so that they don't steal their food. And so they don't get food that they shouldn't be eating. I mean, all of the spices in the holiday foods are terrible for dogs. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you just just dished up some pasta salad and the dog just ate an olive and a pepperoni. Yeah. That's going to sit real well. Yeah. (laughs) So I put onions in everything. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's just it. So, you know, again, preemptively having the conversation of, are you bringing a crate just so that way, you know, when the food is out and whatnot, fluffy can be safe. So that way you're posing it in a, I want, I want your dog to be safe in my home. Um, and the reality is to, you know, as the pet owner, you need to be cognitive of not everybody likes dogs. So although you're going to your sister's house and she's a dog lover, but the rest of the family that comes over the you know, the small children may not be a fan of dogs mm-hmm. and you don't want your dog to be the bad thing mm-hmm. at the holiday event. So be cognitive. Um, if you're staying in a hotel, you definitely need a crate. I would recommend also um, a white noise machine. Yeah grab yeah. it off your nightstand and pack that with you. Because when you're in the hotel room and your dog, you know, you're not there, the dog hears another door slam, might hear people talking mm-hmm. and it starts barking and you don't yeah. want to get kicked out of your hotel. Definitely. So I always pack a white noise machine um, just so that way there's something, I mean, you can leave the TV on, but again, sometimes the stuff that comes over the TV, like a commercial, yeah. there's one right yeah. now with five dogs that are barking in it <laughs> and it sets my house off. My uh-huh. house is like, why are there five dogs barking yeah. in here? Yeah. Um, to where that white noise, you know, yeah, will help to cancel stuff out. Um, but so, so just be cognitive of that. If you have never created your dog before, start yeah. now. But How long does it take? I tell people a good two weeks. Um, so, and every good thing should come from the crate. So their food in the water bowl should be in the crate. Every time you want to give them a treat, you throw it into the crate, give them a special bone that should go in a crate. So all good things should come from the crate. I'm training a dog right now. And, um, you always wonder what they're getting into. So again, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) have a crate. (laughs) Um, I I got a little cocky here and I thought, well, I'm just going to let them roam while we do this and see what happens. But, um, But yeah, so it's just being cognitive that you're in a new place and a new environment and your dog doesn't understand why. Yeah, they know they're with you. And some people think, well, my dog's with me. They're going to be safe. And I think we've we've talked about that when it's fireworks and coming to parties. And and this kind of falls in the same realm. So you're you're training the dog and at crate training, you're leaving the 
crate open most of the time, maybe putting their favorite blanket in there, their, their food. And you probably want to build up bits of time while they're away. If you haven't already been, haven't already crate trained the dog, you know, when they were a puppy. Absolutely. So I always tell people start with just shower, right? So put your dog in their, in their crate um, and go hop in the shower. Yeah. You know, that's anywhere from five to 15 minutes. Yeah. You're still home. Yeah. You can hear if they're barking, if they're settling. And then when you get out of the shower, you kind of peek and see. Um, but that's just kind of a nice little way to, to get them used to it yeah. um, and, and do it in a time frame increments that are appropriate. So then maybe, you know, the next day you take a shower and you get your makeup and your clothes on. So now they've been in there 30 minutes. And again, you're listening. Do I hear them? Are they barking? Um, and use that that white noise machine now too. So that way that just becomes part of their comfort level um, when you have to create them outside of, of the home. What if they are a barker? What if they just won't shut up when they're in there? (laughs) (laughs) I say that from experience. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, if they've had a bad crating experience, then you need to reset the button, so to speak on that. Um, And you might have to up the ante a little bit. So there are um, different, uh, cameras and videos and things that shoot treats out. So Furbo dog, I think right now has $50 off. Um, oh. and that one dispenses treats. So you can put that, um, up on top of their kennel or facing their kennel. And then you hear it, you know, it'll alert you that, Hey, there's noise or movement. And then you can look at the camera on your phone and be like, Hey, fluffy, you're fine. And usually that's enough to kind of settle the dog. You hit the button, a little treat dispenses. Um, so, so yeah, so you can work on some counter conditioning. Um, there are new technologies out there now there's ultrasonic, uh, collars and contraptions that you can put outside of the crate that when the dog barks, it just, you don't hear it, but it sends, uh, a really high pitched noise to the dog that's supposed to meant to just interrupt their thought process. So they stop barking. Um, I don't recommend citronella collars in your house. Yeah, that will sync them up. Um, But there are collars that will do a beep tone or a vibration. Um, PetSafe sells those. Those are very effective because you can have it where it beeps. You can have it where it vibrates. You can have it where it does both. Um, And when I say vibrate, it does vibrate. Like it's it's not shocking the dog. It is vibrating. And again, the whole concept is to get the dog out of that thought process um, to stop barking. Yeah, because it's not a pain you know, no. reward kind of a thing. It's, it's definitely, they vibrate and, and that, you know, doesn't cause pain to the dog. And I, I think that's an awesome thing to just break up that thought process. Cause that really works for my dogs, you know, stop that thought process, change their what's going on. And they kind of forget quickly of, of what was distracting them, what, what made them want to bark in the first place. Right. And especially if they don't like to hear the beep sound or the ultrasonic sound or feel that vibration on them, um, then the whole concept is if I don't bark, then I don't get that, that sensation or that noise. um, So therefore I don't bark anymore. And I know I, I like the big middle crates. I have tried some of those flimsy, for lack of a word, plastic or blow up type of crates. I think they just turn into a rolling ball. They do. They do. Even my Frenchie rolls around in those things. Yeah. They're they're great if you're going to like a soccer game or something and you need, you want the dog to have some protection. Like that's what they're meant for. 
yeah. um, going to the beach for the day, maybe. But yeah, they're really not meant for in the house. Um, or to be left alone, have them be left alone. Right. And they're way. super easy. I My labs that I have <laughs> had, like they just scratch that front little um, uh, mesh piece and then rips a hole yeah. and then they climb on out. And they're like, hey, I, yeah. I, I made a door. <laughs> <laughs> I know how to do this. I'm so smart, mom. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And the metal crates hold up real nice. So, so that yeah. is the benefit to it. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, and some, it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And right now tractor supply has 50% off. Um, I know Chewy has discounts on them right now too. So um, there's lots of sales going on uh, between now and the end of the year because people are you know, trying to reduce inventory and all that fun stuff. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's now is definitely the time to get that started. So that way, when you do travel with your pet, it's great. And just overall um, crate training, training is important. You know, if anything were to ever happen to you or the dog that they need to be created at the vet clinic, you know, it just helps to take that stress out of the equation. And I think also with crates, it's just good to know that they need to be able to stand up fully, turn around. If they're laying down, their feet can, you know, don't have to be crunched up in any way so they can genuinely get that good sleep like they like to do when they're fully laid out. That's you know, that's a good size to pick for your dog. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and that's super important. Super important. Um, so we, we talked about cleanup. We've talked about, you know, making sure that your person brings their crate. Um, if you have another pet in the home, um, have the person call you when they get there. If you have a fenced in backyard that they can put their dog at, you know, in to relieve themselves and sniff around, that's great. Um, if not, you know, just have them take their dog out on a leash potty and put it back in the car. Um, and we usually tell people, you know, 80% of what a dog knows is through their nose. So we want your dogs to meet through scent first. Okay. So if their dog can go in the backyard, sniff and smell, you know, for 20 to 30 minutes, and then their dog come up back to their car, then you put your dog outside to be like, oh, there was a new dog in my backyard. Let me sniff it out. Then yeah. while your dog is in the backyard, their dog comes into the house, can again, sniff, smell, explore, because their dog's going to be nervous no yeah. matter what. It's a new environment. Oh, yeah. Your dog is going to be a little more comfortable and confident because they know the space. So we want to let their dog get all that nervousness out yeah. first before it meets your dog. Um, no bones or toys on the floor. They're all put away. Yep. Yeah. You know, your dog's that possessiveness gonna, will come right out. Yeah. Your dog's just going to have to suck it up for a little bit. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's safety first. It's safety yep. for the dog, safety for the human. So, so dog, um, dog beds are usually okay. Um, unless your dog like has this favorite bed and this is where they stay and there's just no two yep. ways about it. Then you might want to like put that in your bedroom or something. Mm -hmm. so visiting dog has been outside backyard your dog is now outside backyard visiting dog has now been in the house once the visiting dog seems like they've mellowed out you know you're reading the body language seems comfortable the tail's not tucked um, it's wagging if you say its name that okay. tells you that it's it's in a neutral state um, I then would leash up visiting dog have them go outside bring your dog in, let your dog sniff 
just for like five minutes and then leash your dog up and then let's go for a pack walk. Oh yeah. When we start our pack walk, it should always be dogs on the outside and humans on the inside. And when I say walk, we're not, you know, grandma out there shuffling down the sidewalk. Like it is a walk. I want you to almost be like a speed walker. Yeah. Let's walk and drain a little bit of energy from both dogs. And then, you know, usually, honestly, it takes maybe a block and then you can slow your pace a little bit. Then, you know, again, once you're reading the language a little bit better, mix it up. So it goes dog, human, dog, human. Okay. Um, And just keep that going. And usually about four blocks is a good amount. Um, If you have a high energy dog or the dogs are giving you the the stink eye and giving each other the stink eye, maybe you want to walk a little longer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you definitely have to, I like to wear my dog out before um, the guests arrive. I know in the past when, you know, family members had a new dog and they're coming, I usually walk them, brings their energy down a little bit. Uh, If I've had a possessive dog that, that tends to help. So when we do take that walk together, it kind of, it goes just like what you're saying. And uh, I don't have to, we don't have to walk and walk and walk to get them to be friends. Cause eventually, hopefully what you're shooting for is they will be uh, maybe friends or part of the pack. I don't know what, what's your word for that. Yeah. So you're just creating that pack mentality of, Hey, we're walking. Humans are here. You're here. Everything is fine. You know, cause it's hard to not be fine on a walk. Yeah. Now, if, you know, the two dogs, you walked the visiting dog up to the door and resident dog was inside and they're doing the face off. Now it's questionable, but you know, on the walk, Hey, I'm walking with my parent. Life is good. Um, you know, you're kind of trucking along. So once you kind of feel like, all right, these dogs are good. Like they're not, you know, one's not growling at the other. Nobody's giving a stink guy. Body language is good. Tails are a little bit loose. Turn around and let's head back home. When we go into the house, um, leave the leashes on and just let them drag it just in case, right? This is your backup. Yep. Anybody decides that they want to claim space. You've got the leash, you pick it up. You're not sticking your hand in the middle of any stuff. Yeah. And there's no harm, no foul in dragging a leash. Now, granted, we're, you know, don't use the retractable leash. We want a standard (laughs) leash on the dog. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't matter if it's on a body harness or the collar. Um, if your dog uses a, a prong collar or a choke chain or a martingale, I would remove that and put on a standard collar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just let them drag and let them drag for an hour or two. Like again, mm-hmm. until everybody sees, seems comfortable, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, we do that a lot when we're introducing a dog that seems um, apprehensive in dog daycare environment. We'll just let them drag the leash. Yeah. You know, that way we don't have to invade personal space. We can just pick up the leash and redirect. Um, so, so certainly have that available. If you're like, hey, I don't know that that cousin Susie is going to bring that. Go to the dollar store. You can buy a leash and a collar for a dollar. Yep. yep. They even have bowls there for water. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, if you're not trusting that your family member is going to bring all the necessary things with their dog. Go spend $5 at the dollar store. You'll yeah. have it all ready for them. We forget stuff. You know, we're in a hurry to get out of the house. That happens. And and uh, so do you suggest that each dog or each, you know, household that's in there have their own water bowl and food bowl? 
absolutely that smell like the other yep um so separate watering and eating stations so if your dog is used to being free fed guess what they're on a schedule now because yeah. that's not gonna fly yeah. But yeah, and I would put them, you know, on opposite ends of the kitchen, put one in the dining room, whatever you can do yeah. to make sure that there's a good 10 feet in between the two of them. And then again, if you've brought that crate, guess what? Everybody goes in their crate for their dinner. Yeah. And so you don't have to stand there and monitor. Again, it doesn't matter if Fluffy's been great at home. Yeah, this is, this is all new. Yeah. Um, don't put that much pressure on your pet. Yeah. I think that doing it that way, they kind of get to know each other. You know, if they're kind of maybe going to get along before they head into the house and, and you do that whole routine of setting things up. And I, you know, in the past, I have had leashes on my pets while we've had guests and visitors and, um, you know, because many years ago when I would do this, also crates weren't a big thing. Crates weren't the you know, the train thing. And now I find that they're, they're so good. And, and would you say for people who are like, oh, crate train, isn't it kind of like a dog den, you know, in their instinctual Absolutely. way of being? Yeah. You want a man cave or a lady cave, your dog wants a cave too. Yeah. Um, you know, some of my dogs prefer it to be dark and quiet. So I just have a sheet draped over their, their crate. Um, other, the furry dogs like, eh, I get hot you know, so there's this wide open, so to speak, but uh, yeah, they're all different. And again, you're not punishing the dog. That's not what you're using it for. This is their safe space. Um, I had a a dog in for rehabilitation. And every time I would raise my voice, whether it was at the dog or not, and whether I was like, yay, somebody just scored a touchdown. Anytime I raised my voice, that dog busted off and ran into that crate. And I was like, okay, well, Clearly you view the crate as your safe space and any heightened noise was a scary space. So that's it too. You know, look at this as we're creating a safe space. So no matter where the dog goes, whose house it's at, a hotel room, et cetera, it knows that this crate is their safe space. They can always go there. Mm -hmm. It is their opportunity to feel safe and decompress. Because that makes such good sense because I know with guests over, my pets aren't used to those kind of really deep voices. You know, it's just me and my sister um, who live in our house. And when, you know, when we have people over and uh, in the variety of voices, they're not always used to that. And so I can expect a little, I know to expect a little bit of, oh my goodness, I'm a little bit afraid. And, and so I just direct them to uh, the room where their crate is and, and they're, they are good there. And I, and I can block it off and they have that crate to go to, to, to just be calm. And that's where they're going to be while I have guests over for the days that they're over. And that is really okay. I don't have to force the situation for it to be, for lack of a better word, one happy family, one happy weekend with my pet there. I mean, that's my you know, that's going back to what I want, not what's good for the dog, right? Absolutely. Don't force the issue. That's exactly it. You need to honor the dog. Um, so like my Frenchie would be super excited when people would come over. And then after about half an hour of guests being in our house, she would just go find her crate and curl up and take a nap. Yep. She's like, yep, I'm done. I've said hello. Yeah. Um, and yeah. at the same time, 
like when we were eating and I had guests over, I would always allow her to greet. And then I would, if she didn't automatically go in, I would put her in um, her crate and I would give her a special, you know, bone or a treat. And because I, she's small and I didn't want her underfoot. I didn't want, you know, my grandma to trip over her. She didn't see her. Um, I also didn't want her eating anything off the floor that somebody Mm -hmm. might've dropped from their plate accidentally. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, so there was just too many variables and it's really easy to forget the dog. Yeah. Yeah. You're chatting with your long lost cousin you haven't Mm -hmm. seen in three years, Um, especially this year, you know, there's going to be just so much catching up and so much seeing people that it's going to be really easy to forget that you have a dog wandering around the house unless they steal the cake off the counter like mine just did. <laughs> and, and, you know, and as long as uh, there's nothing in it that's going to hurt them, then, you know, no harm, no foul. And hopefully that sugar doesn't give them a bad tummy. <laughs> yeah. So on a secondary note, um, anybody that's bringing their pet with you, just say, hey, make sure you got your tags on your pet. Make sure you bring your vet paperwork just in case something happens. Yeah. Very important. Yeah. So I've had clients call us over the years saying, Hey, my daughter's in town with her pet and it just ate the, you know, turkey off the counter and it's got bones in it. My vet's full. Who can you recommend? Or, you know, yeah. Yeah. So if you are visiting somewhere, you need to make sure that you have your pet's vaccinations with you. And research their zip code for emergency vet know the pet poison hotline, know, you know, go visit there and just kind of peruse and know what is really bad for your dog. There are things on uh, the ASPCA website and their poison part that I didn't know were bad for dogs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if your dog has an underlying condition that you don't know about and it gets a lot of sugar, it may cause some problems. And, you know, so it's good to know wherever you're going, where a good emergency vet is because on a holiday and they're closed, uh, the emergency right. vet may or may not be open. Uh, and, and you just react differently in an emergency situation if you're kind of prepared. If, you know, nobody <laughs> wants anything bad to happen, but if you kind of know, okay, I looked at this before I left town, about your town, I know that this right. vet is there. Yep, yep. And, you know, the, the other big thing, and you had hit on it before, is, you know, facilities are closed. Um, you know, boarding facilities are full, dog walkers, all that kind of stuff are full already. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you're bringing your pet, make sure they have identification on them. So if they get lost in this new place that they've never been before, because Sally was opening up the door to go outside and Uh the dog darted out the door. Yeah. um, You need to make sure that, that you have things in place to get your dog back. And another thing is that some of us have cats. Now, my mom always used to say, put the cat in the bedroom. The box was in the bedroom and close the door. Because you never know, whoever's bringing their dog has a particular type of a instinct to go for small uh, pets. Or if, you know, uncle or aunt so-and-so don't like cats. So is that what you suggest for cats? Yeah, that's the easiest thing is to just create, you know, a section of the house for them. 
Um, if you can do a bedroom, some people will do their whole basement or what, you know, again, mm -hmm. depending on your house's layout, yeah. but that, that is the easiest for them. Um, and again, if you could do that even a couple days ahead of time, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that way the dog's not like, or the cat's not going, why'd you lock me in here for? I have a whole house to roam. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's my place Well, what's going on here. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, cats are just as territorial as dogs are. Oh yeah. Um, so definitely, you know, again, set them up for success. So do it a couple days ahead of time, move the litter box, um, have their water and their food in there. So that way they know where it is. And yeah, you know, that white noise machine is also helpful because even though the cats um, may not be human social, they still hear everybody and that causes oh, yeah. anxiety. Yeah. They hear yeah. all those voices they're not used to. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we forget that piece. We forget the, yeah. oh, I mean, they, animals operate on their three senses, yep. you know, sight, smell, and sound. So yeah. they can smell the humans, they can hear the humans, but they can't see the humans. That does cause some anxiety. So if we can try and mitigate um, a little bit, you know, if they can smell it, that's one thing, one out of three. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so running the, those white noise machines and why not to drown out the human sound is super, super important. Yeah. And one thing I would add, if you are staying in a hotel while you're in the room, I always put a towel up against the door, you know, up mm -hmm. against that bottomness of the door so that smells can't seep through there, you know, and Absolutely. if you're in a in a room that has a connection with another room, I do the same thing. I put a towel against there, get housekeeping to bring you more towels and, and just do that. It really helps block off the sense, uh, the sense <laughs> uh, for your pet to become anxious with because they don't know, and they know that it's a human and they don't know that human. Right. Right. And that's, that's exactly it. You know, it's, you've taken the dog completely out of their comfort zone and yeah. they don't know why mm -hmm. they don't understand. Oh, we're going to go to Grammy's house. Yeah. They just know they are in a weird place with weird sounds, weird smells. Yeah. You're with them. Yeah. Yeah. But there's, there's still an edge of uncomfortableness. Yeah. Um, we are their safety, but they were going to be away from them. If we're traveling, we're traveling to see people and, uh, you know, I also want to talk about maybe reiterating some some winter safety, because if you are uh, going to be going and visiting people, I know I like to walk my dogs and wear them out, tire them out a little bit. But it's, you know, there are hazards to walking your dog in the winter. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, especially if you're traveling from um Arizona, you know, or a Southern state where yeah. temperatures are kind of nice and now you're yeah. up North. Um, yeah. Just, so just think about, you know, the coat of your dog, if they're a Husky or a Malamute or a Burmese mountain dog, you know, they've yeah. got those layers. So if yep. you go to a colder state, they're fine. Yeah. You flip it around and now you're going to a warmer state. They're going to need some air conditioning. You know, you can't just leave them in the car yeah. and pop into yeah. somewhere. Um, so you need to make sure that you are dressed for success yeah. in the uh, temperatures yeah. that you're going to. Um, a lot of times in the colder areas, we have to put a lot of salt out um, to stop mm -hmm. the ice from, from 
piling up. And so yeah. putting booties on your dog, using musher secret to protect their paws. And then flip side too, you know, you're again, you're going somewhere hot. Is that pavement too hot? Like you're enjoying being in flip-flops and shorts. Is your dog feeling the same way with the hot cement or concrete on their pads? Mm -hmm. So being prepared for where you're going for you and the pet. Yeah. Um, travel water bowls are everywhere right now. So yeah. um, having those with you at all times is super important. So say you are going somewhere and you were, you had enough forethought to get a reservation for your dog at a boarding facility. And what can we do to know that maybe that is a quality boarding facility and, but we haven't seen it. Sure. Um, I usually tell people, you know, drive by, check it out. Uh, key questions to ask more than likely they're not doing tours. And, and I'll tell you why. When people ask to come into our facility, um, if I bring you the stranger into a room full of dogs, they're not just gonna sit pretty, they're gonna yeah. bark. You're a stranger invading yeah. their personal area. Yeah. And I would rather irritate you the human than irritate the 40 dogs. And so that's gonna be a typical answer. That That's would be not a very typical answer. No. Yeah. Um, so they should have pictures or videos either on their website or their Facebook page. Um, we have a, a sample of all of our different boarding options. If you want to see like see the size of our suites or our crates um, in an off room, so that way we're not going back into the boarding area and again disrupting everybody mm -hmm. uh, and that type of thing. So just be prepared. They they probably are not going to give you a tour. Plus, it's still COVID. We don't yeah. want strangers in our building. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So it's twofold. But yeah, my biggest thing is I, I, I'm here to cater to the pets. Mm -hmm. I understand you're inquisitive, but I'm not going to disrupt our guests. It's and you want to keep your staff safe and healthy. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't go to the hotel and go, I want to see the presidential suite. <laughs> Even though someone's yeah. staying in there, just give me a tour. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that. a good way to think of it. Totally. Yes. <laughs> We're a hotel. I'm not going to take yeah. you to another guest's room just so you can get a visual. There are pictures and videos. Um, yeah. Ask what their requirements are for vaccinations. Um, in California, you know, they've had a canine influenza outbreak. So that might be something new that you've not done with your pet before. And that is a two shot 30 day interval. Um, so we're a so little too late for that if it's the Christmas holiday, New Year's holiday. You are. You are. Um, some facilities down in Florida and Chicago do it too. Um, so yeah, so you mm -hmm. need to call ahead and, and find that out. Um, what can you bring? Oh, yeah. Every yeah. facility is different. How do they want yeah. the food put together? <laughs> so if they answer you real nonchalantly, oh, do whatever. That's a red flag. Yeah. Yeah. If it's a, oh, well, we would like your food to be prepackaged into Ziploc baggies for each meal and mm -hmm. you can bring uh, a bone for them to chew on. Yeah. That would be appropriate. Some facilities don't want you to bring blankets and stuffed toys because one dog in a room with a squeaky toy could set the whole room off. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So again, it's, it is about your dog, but it's also about all the guests in yeah. the hotel. Um, and that's, that's really how you have to think about yeah. it. Um, and if you've gotten a reservation, if, if you're going there and you've gotten the reservation, they probably 
emailed you what you can and can't do. You know, and that's a good sign too, that I hear, I can email this to you. You have the reservation um, and you may have the reservation upon, you know, you may need to prove things before you can get the reservation, right? Or before you can keep the reservation. Absolutely. Um, And don't be surprised if facilities are requiring you to do a two to three night stay over a holiday. Yeah. Yeah. So just like a hotel, you mm-hmm. check out at 11, they need, you know, they want someone else yeah. to fill that spot. Um, and yeah. don't think of it as a money grab. It, it's not about the money. It's about, we have so many people that need care for their pets. We are trying mm-hmm. desperately to accommodate. Yeah. And that is yeah. truly it. Um, mm-hmm. This past holiday, I was booked out with 13 cats. And I was turning people away for their, their cats. And I was trying to come up with a, how can I accommodate them? It wasn't a, oh my gosh, how much money am I missing? It was, oh my gosh, how, you know, how can I accommodate for these people to ensure that their pet is getting the best care? And that was really, that's why we get into this business. Mm -hmm. Um, People lose sight of that. I I can tell you, we get sweared at every holiday. Well, what do you expect me to do with my pet? (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't well, know what to yeah. tell you. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's why we talk about this is so that, you know, you get some idea of your options for taking care of your pet while the holidays are happening. Cause a lot of people are getting together for the holidays again, and they haven't since 2019. And, and I think you do put the needs of the pet above money, but it still is a business, you know, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, you know, nothing is, is truly free. And, and that's just, that's life. That's, that's just yeah, something. Yeah. That, and read the, true. read, read the contract of the pet care facility. Um, yeah. Some facilities, if your dog ruins their crate ruins, you know, their room. Um, there was a Husky at a facility that actually ate through a wooden door, um, broke out of his kennel, like climbed up and over and out and then ate through the door that went into the boarding room. You might be liable wow. for that. So be yeah. honest too. Like, you know, yeah. we, so like I have five different boarding options. So if you tell me, listen, my dog is super anxious. Like he's on medication, but like he, he destroys things when he's nervous. Mm-hmm. Great. You know what? You're going to book my studio suite that has tiled walls and a steel door. Yeah. I need to make sure yeah. your pet stays safe. Yeah. And because people go home at night, but you don't have somebody there all night, do you? We do on the weekends um, when we offer our cage-free boarding. But even so, they're in two rooms away from us. I'm not going to know that your dog is like hurting themselves, trying to get out of a a crate or or what have you. Um, So make sure that you're honest with the facility about their pets so they can provide proper care. Had this facility known that this dog has anxiety... When oh. kenneled, you could have asked your vet for extra medication, even like mm-hmm. you could have, you know, some things could have been put into play. Um, and so, yeah, that owner is now having to fork out $1,100. Yeah. Doors are expensive. Yeah. Repairs to this facility. Um, yeah. So read your contracts, make sure that you, <laughs> that you know um, yeah. what is transpiring. Make sure that you have your emergency yeah. contact listed. Make sure that your veterinarian is listed on any and all paperwork. Yeah. Um, when you are booking with a facility, you always have to provide every facility 
is going to require you to have vaccinations. Mm -hmm. Don't have mm -hmm. your vet send it to the facility. Have the vet send it to you. Yeah. So that way yeah. you forward it to the facility so you know it got there. Vet clinics yes. are overwhelmed right now. Oh, yeah. They are. They really are. And things can get missed. We are all yeah. human. Yeah. But if you ask them to send it to you because you can't find the copy that they did give you when you mm -hmm. had Fluffy's vaccinations done six months ago, mm -hmm. then you know that you have it. You forward yeah. it on to the, to the boarding facility and or print it out. Yeah. Double check it that everything is up to date and then you physically bring it into the boarding facility. We've changed that policy because people are like, well, I asked my vet to send it to you. Well, I don't have a copy. So go out to your car right now. And do it. Yeah. And do it. You have to make home. sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's. Yeah. yeah I, I totally understand that pets are so, vets are so busy right now. And it's better just to be proactive than to be blaming somebody. It's just better to have it done. Better to do than, than to worry about it. You know, you want a carefree vacation. Absolutely. Uh, and these are some really awesome ways. Is there anything I may have not asked you about or thought about to ask you? Because there are things I don't know that I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's true. Um, if you are hiring a pet sitter, stay in contact with them. Frequently. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. And, and we had three people that reached out to us that said their pet sitter never showed up. Oh. oh. And they were leaving and they didn't know what to do. Yeah. So if you've never met your pet sitter, you don't have an established relationship, um, you better uh, follow up with them frequently leading up to you yeah. leaving. Yeah. And, and yeah. have a plan B in the back of your head. Always, always have a plan B because, yeah. And me as a pet sitter, I have a plan B. I have somebody who knows where my clients are, who knows who my clients are, where they might keep my keys. Uh, I have a trusted person who does that for me. And that is something to ask your pet sitter if something happens Absolutely. to you. I was in an auto accident once upon a time and that made me go, oh my gosh, what if I had clients after this? What if I had to go meet them? You know, that right. is something good to know. And it is good to have a plan B and, and know who they are and get a feel for them. If you get a sketchy feel for them, you know, go to your plan B, keep, keep interviewing. And some people might have genuinely a, 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 you know, a high school student or a college student who's home who may be able to cover. You don't know, but uh, go with what your gut tells you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cause you know, there's, we feel horrible Yeah, when we have yeah. to say no, cause we're full. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, we had a lady that went into labor three weeks early. Oh, she called up and she's like, I know it's the holiday. I don't know what else to do. Any chance oh, you can yeah. take moose. I said, I will figure it out. Just have somebody drop moose over. Yeah. Well, I, actually I said to her, I'm like, you can just bring them over. We'll figure it out. She's like, I'm actually already in the hospital right now, but I'll have somebody drop him off. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because her bland, plan B was yeah. her mom or her mother-in-law yeah. and they were both at the hospital because she went into labor early. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we accommodated, um, yeah. I always hold a few crates back yeah. just in case yeah. Yeah. for those emergencies that pop yeah. up for people. Um, however, yeah, 
if there were plenty of people who had emergency, and it's, you know, it's something to be said, um, emergencies do happen. And though you may be listening to this thinking, I, I'm going nowhere for the holiday. Uh, I'm not going, you know, always have a pet sitter. I'll interview them. I've had people interview me months before they needed me or in case something popped up. And I've always had a pet sitter in case something has popped up and I've had to leave town on an emergency. And, and it is true emergencies where I might make the exception and fit your dog in. I might not be able to stay overnight, but I Mm -hmm. will fit your dog in. If you've had an emergency, somebody die, something happened to someone out of town and you've had to go. Not poor planning that you're going on vacation that you knew about, but right, you know, true emergencies happen. And that's kind of the real only exception that we can make. And, and that's things happen. They always, they always do. And um, uh, even the good things, if you did have a vacation pop up out of the blue that you could go on, um, you know, if you have a good relationship with your pet sitter, maybe they can come over. Maybe they can help you out. No, absolutely. And that's really it. Um, Just make sure that you have a relationship um, with them, that they have your Mm -hmm. updated vet records and all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. Um, I think that is one thing we've all learned over this past two years is plan for the unexpected and just hope that you don't have to use it. (laughs) (laughs) And this kind of goes that if, you know, it, if you're doing something unexpected, you're taking Fido along, you could kind of keep this in the back of your mind of, of what you're going to have to do when you get there. And just to kind of approach things calmly, if you're going into a tense situation, whether the yeah. tense situation is an emergency or, you know, families are families and um, there are tense situations that, that happen in them. I think, you know, you've given some great advice today and, and uh, thank you so much for being with me today. Absolutely. It's always my pleasure. And you have a wonderful Christmas. It's going to be a busy uh, holiday. Absolutely. (laughs) And and, uh, I, (laughs) me too.